Life Audio. Christian Parent Crazy World with Catherine Seegers is brought to you by Life Audio and is part of our Faith Toolkit series. For more inspirational, faith affirming podcasts, visit lifeaudio.com. Welcome to Christian Parent Crazy World, the podcast that tackles tough topics to help you raise godly kids in an ungodly world. I'm your host, Katherine Seegers, and today's episode tackles this very fun and festive question, why are so many people obsessed with Hallmark films? You know, this network has become a cash cow with their countdown to Christmas, attracting 80 million viewers during the eight-week event. That is insane. These films are a cultural phenomena. Why are they so popular? Let's face it, they are predictable and a little cheesy. You know, my husband would say that they are a lot cheesy. Why do we love them so much? I have a theory on that, which I think you will find quite interesting and entertaining and enlightening. The answer is very significant, I think both culturally and spiritually. But first, I must address the elephant in the room, especially since I do a podcast on how culture and Christianity intersect. And since it is Christmas time, let's call that a white elephant, why don't we? Yes, for Christians, there is a big cultural white elephant in the room when it comes to Hallmark movies. So I will talk about that first, and then I will discuss why these movies are so popular. I think they meet or medicate a very significant need. You know, some might say that these films themselves are are shallow, but the need they meet is not. Not at all. Nor is that need fully met. Hmm. And then finally, I want to share with you a special blog I wrote a couple of years ago about my (laughs) desire to live in a Hallmark film. At the time, I was going through something really rough. It was... It was awful. And laughing my way through all the plots I wanted to be in rather than where I was, well, well, let's just say that it helped. It was cathartic. But then I turned a corner and realized what I was really looking for. I suspect it's what you are looking for, too, whether you watch Hallmark movies or not. In this podcast, we are going to find that place together. That is the plan for this special holiday episode of Christian Parent Crazy World. So let's get started. Is it hard to spark meaningful conversations with your kids? Whether you're a homeschool hero, planning activities for the next family vacation, or simply gathering around the dinner table, we've got something that can help. Introducing the Daily Family Conversation Starter by best-selling author Katie Clemens. This remarkable book offers 365 imaginative ways to connect with your children in just five minutes each day with prompts like, who made you laugh today? Or what would you do if you had a tail? These simple questions open up a world of laughter, curiosity, and deeper connections. From dinner time to sleepy time, The Daily Family Conversation Starter is your key to creating memories that will last a lifetime. Don't wait to transform your family's daily routine into an adventure of discovery and fun. 
Grab your copy of The Daily Family Conversation Starter today, wherever books are sold. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. A number of years ago, I wrote an article on secular feminism and didn't quite get the traction I had hoped for. Shocker. Uh, I had researched the topic for years, and it took me many months to write that article. Like, months. I'll be honest. I was mm, I was a little disappointed. But around that time, I saw the numbers that Hallmark was getting for their countdown to Christmas. 80 million viewers. So I thought, hey, <laughs> I should write an article on Hallmark films. And, you know, I banged it out like in a couple of days. To date, that article has around 300,000 page views. Yeah, it's mind-boggling. Note to self, more people want to read about Hallmark movies than secular feminism. Hmm. That Hallmark article was just a, a really fun review of the things that we love about them, along with a few cautions to consider. My my original title was completely benign. I, I had don't even remember what it was at this point. But that was changed to something a little more provocative, a little more click-worthy. Hallmark Christmas films. Five reasons to be careful. <laughs> well, it worked. 300,000 page views later. That was December of 2019. Then in 2020, Hallmark veered into agenda-driven television. Pretty hardcore. That is the big Christmas white elephant for faith-based viewers when it comes to Hallmark now. Yes, Hallmark is fully on board with the LGBTQ agenda when it comes to some of their programming. And I did write a follow-up article on that topic. I'll post both of those articles in the link section for you to peruse if you so choose. And I will likely address this topic in a future episode as well, because it's a big one that Christian parents face in this crazy world. But that is not today's topic. Today, I want to talk about why... We love Hallmark movies. There is no end to the selection of television shows and movies that we can watch. Literally no end. Some programs stick with you for weeks, even even years, making an indelible mark. Some shows teach us valuable lessons from history. Some bring our favorite literary characters to life. Some change the way we think or view the world. Hallmark movies... <laughs> Don't do that. Mm -mm. No, let's face it. They aren't deep. They are quite predictable. And at times the acting is a bit sketchy. In the entertainment field, Hallmark movies aren't what I would call a nutritious 
treat. It's not like watching a, a Jane Austen flick or, or watching a significant historical movie like, like Schindler's List or Lincoln or The Help or, or Hidden Figures. No, no, Hallmark movies aren't like that. To use an analogy, I love dark chocolate. I always have a few bars of some seriously dark organic chocolate with sea salt in my pantry. Love that stuff. It's it's a pretty healthy treat as far as treats go. Hallmark movies aren't that. No, no. I compare them to sixlets. Have you ever had those? They are those little BB-sized candies. Same idea as M&M's, only they aren't chocolate. No, no. Look on the packaging. They are a chocolate-flavored substance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No real chocolate in them. And doggone it, I love them. I do. I cannot help myself. Now, I still love the, the good, real stuff, but I love me some sixlets. So sometimes I bypass the green and black 70% organic dark, and I go for the candy-coated chocolate-flavored substance. I do. And yes, doggone it, I love me some Hallmark films. I, f- I feel like I'm in a 12-step program. Hi. My name is Katherine Seegers, and I love really cheesy made-for-TV holiday flicks. Can you cure me? (laughs) You know, sometimes I do. I bypass the nutritious, artistic entertainment fair in favor of one of these artificial candy-coated concoctions. (laughs) Why? Why do I do that? Why do 80 million people do that? Why do we binge watch films that have very little educational or artistic value? Films that we can doze off in the middle of and not miss anything. Films that are forgotten in less time than it takes to watch them. Because, because Christmas can be hard. Life can be hard and we long for the predictable. We long for a happy ending. We long for something candy-coated, even if it's artificial, because this life doesn't always provide us that. I actually just wrote a brand new article on why we watch these films, which, which I will link for you as well. We watch them for one primary reason. We watch them to escape And there are four major things we are trying to escape from. We are trying to escape from stress. Let's let's face it. After a long day of taking care of and educating kids and, and washing clothes and cooking meals and changing diapers and wiping bottoms and dealing with teenagers and chauffeuring your offspring all over God's creation and then (laughs) you finally get around to your own stuff. For me, I've been studying Socratic logic for the past 15 weeks in grad school. Yeah, after all that, you don't want something deep. You don't want to learn anything. You don't want to contemplate the meaning of life. You don't want to have to think. You want something that you can watch, leave the room, come back 20 minutes later, and you didn't really miss anything. Can I get an amen? (laughs) That is what you want. You want to escape from the overwhelming stress in your life. But sometimes we don't just want to escape. We really need to escape from something more serious than stress. We need to escape from fear. 
We've all had a rough few years, haven't we? Fear of the unknown, fear of the future, fear of disease and death. You know, Hallmark experienced an astronomical 40% increase in viewership during the first half of 2020, the year of COVID. That is crazy. A feel-good movie goes a long way toward helping us to forget what keeps us up at night. Immersing yourself in a world where COVID doesn't exist, a world without protests or, or riots or political unrest, a world without warring factions or, or war at all. That is an attractive world. Yeah, yeah, let's go there for 120 minutes. Sign me up for that. But then what happens when what we fear is a reality? Well, then we need to escape from the pain. My daily prayer list consists of a a COVID widow with three young sons, a precious friend whose father and sister died in the same week, another sweet sister who lost both of her parents and her young grandson in the same year, mother with a child who has Down syndrome and a heart condition and, and so many others. I could go on and on. Pain is all around us. A few weeks ago, um, I was I was visiting my family for Thanksgiving, and I went with a group of friends to pray over a sweet brother in Christ who needs a miracle right now. My friend Wade has a cancerous tumor pressing on his eye, and it is bulging out of his nasal cavity now. He needs a miracle to live, to continue breathing every day. And we are believing God for that miracle. So we prayed over Wade for quite some time, commanding prayers like I taught you in episode 13, four types of prayer that every believer should know. Check that out if you are facing an impossible situation or if you aren't, because at some point you will. But after our prayer meeting, Wade's wife mentioned this blog I wrote a few years ago about wanting to live in a Hallmark film. She said that, They could really relate to those sentiments. After a long night of of not being able to sleep, and then a long day of running all over town to doctor's appointments and getting new health supplements and protocols and trying to figure out how they are going to pay the bills since Wade hasn't worked for most of this year, the sweet couple doesn't want a documentary on the history of the church or World War II. They've already got a war going on. Now, no, they like to watch something light and, and a little cheesy and very predictable and with a very happy ending. They like to watch a Hallmark movie. Only now that has gotten a lot harder because Wade can't see very well anymore. So he can't even do that. If you would please say a prayer for my friends Wade and Rochelle, we'd, we'd really appreciate that. But you know, there's one more thing. We want to escape from in this world. I'd say it, I'd say it is the biggest thing of all. We want to escape from evil. I wrote that blog that Rochelle mentioned after something awful happened in our community. It, it left me reeling for weeks, for months, actually. I, I won't go into all the details. Suffice to say that there was an amber alert. In our church, our our community, our whole city was praying for a good outcome. That didn't happen. In fact, 
the grim reality was far worse than we could possibly imagine. I couldn't sleep for weeks. I I couldn't control the grief and anger. You've been there, haven't you? You know what I'm talking about. We've all seen this kind of evil. I wanted to escape. I needed to escape from the evil. One day I, I was praying for this sweet family and I was bawling my eyes out as I was washing some dishes. I was crying out to God for for peace and comfort and redemption. And suddenly I just, I screamed at the top of my lungs, I want to live in a Hallmark film. And I meant it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I wanted to live in a world where that kind of evil didn't happen. I wanted to live in a world without abductors and rapists and murderers. I wanted to live in a place where anything bad that happened happened a long time ago and it was over and it was time to move on. And it it might have been very sad and unfortunate, but it wasn't pure evil. Yeah. Yeah, you bet I wanted to live in a world like that in a Hallmark film. I needed I needed a release. I needed a cathartic exercise to work through this anger and this grief. So I sat down and I I wrote this piece about all the Hallmark scenarios I wanted to live in rather than where I was. In a world filled with impossible stresses and obsessive fears and mind-numbing pain and pure evil. And you know what? It helped. It it really helped. I laughed my way through these silly plots and cliches as as I imagined living in that village on my Christmas mantle. But then I turned a corner and I realized what I was really looking for. I don't know what you're going through right now, mamas and, and papas, but I bet you can relate. So I I want to dust off my old acting boots to share this blog with you. I think I think it'll make you laugh and uh, it might make you cry and and together I think we will find what we really want, what we really need. Because as wonderful and as distracting as these chocolate-flavored candy-coated concoctions are, a Hallmark movie can't heal a hurting heart. No. We need something much higher, a much higher source than Hallmark to do that. That source is the real reason we celebrate Christmas. God came to earth and and suffered every stress, every fear, every pain, and every evil we encounter in this world. So that someday we can live in a perfect world with him. That is the world we really want to live in. <laughs> is it hard to spark meaningful conversations with your kids? Whether you're a homeschool hero, planning activities for the next family vacation, or simply gathering around the dinner table, we've got something that can help. Introducing the Daily Family Conversation Starter by best-selling author Katie Clemens. 
This remarkable book offers 365 imaginative ways to connect with your children in just five minutes each day with prompts like, who made you laugh today? Or what would you do if you had a tail? These simple questions open up a world of laughter, curiosity, and deeper connections. From dinner time to sleepy time, the Daily Family Conversation Starter is your key to creating memories that will last a lifetime. Don't wait to transform your family's daily routine into an adventure of discovery and fun. Grab your copy of the Daily Family Conversation Starter today, wherever books are sold. This is I Want to Live in a Hallmark Film. Sometimes, I want to live in a land where the worst thing that happens is that my boyfriend forgot to tell me that he is next in line for the throne of a tiny European country no one has ever heard of, making him the most eligible bachelor in the Western Hemisphere, a fact that somehow escaped my notice during our six months of dating, as did his origin from a place where, oddly, everyone speaks with a fake British accent. So we traveled to his childhood castle where his mother, the Queen, thinks that I am unqualified to be a royal, but eventually comes around because I am the best thing that ever happened to her country and her son. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, <sighs> I want to live in a land where the worst thing that happens is that I have to leave my very important corporate job in the big city to take care of my father who broke his ankle during the busiest season of the year back at the poinsettia farm where I run into my old high school flame who dumped me and broke my heart, but he dumped me because he didn't want to keep me from fulfilling my dream of becoming an illustrious event planner in a thriving metropolis. And now that I've fulfilled that dream, I can chuck it and take over the family business and we can live happily ever after. I want to live in a land where the worst thing that happens is that a brash but handsome executive from a land development company comes to my small town to to buy up all the family-owned businesses so that they can put up some condos out in the middle of nowhere that will ruin the community. So the cute corporate dude and I badger back and forth like Harry and Sally, only with really cheesy dialogue. Well, I start a petition and I I call a town meeting where I give an impassioned speech about how, how special our town is. And all the small business owners refuse to sell out even though it would fully fund their retirements. And my attractive arch rival falls in love with my passion, quits his job, and becomes a small town guy. (laughs) I want to live in a land where the worst thing that happens is that my family-owned bakery is about to go under. But I enter a world-renowned baking competition that just happens to take place in a city 20 miles away and offers a $100,000 cash prize because baking competitions always offer an incentive that can pay off your house. And then a fetching famous baker who does wonders with Philo agrees to headline the competition and is shocked to discover that a small-town girl knows a few things about baking that he doesn't and I win the competition and I and I win the guy who relocates his corporate headquarters to my tiny little town and fully funds my new baking empire. I want to live in a land where the worst thing that happens is that my non-stop flight to meet my fiancé and his stuck-up rich parents is grounded during a blizzard and I have to take a cross-country road trip with an outrageously handsome stranger in his late 30s who is completely normal but somehow never married. Yeah, this guy. This guy was left at the altar by his fiancé for some short account type who happens to be his brother, right? (laughs) 
And the stranger makes me question my future and, and my past and, well, just everything. And we fall in love. And I break up with my boyfriend, whose snitty rich parents thought I wasn't good enough for him anyways. And they are happy. And so am I. <sighs> I want to live in a land where the worst thing that happens is that my, my big, important dream job in the city doesn't fulfill me. So I go on a vacation to, to a beautiful country B&B with bad plumbing and a shockingly attractive but strangely unattached single dad who is the town fix-it-all fixes the pipes and fixes my heart, showing me what really matters in life. So I quit my wildly lucrative corporate job to carve ice sculptures for a living because that was my childhood dream. And we get married and live happily ever after on food stamps and... Gatorade. Hmm. I want to live in a land where the worst thing that happens is that I make a silly wish and I wake up in an alternate universe where I never married or, or had kids and I'm a successful, rich, and famous career woman who, who shatters glass ceilings and lives in a pristine magazine cover kind of mansion with unstained furniture and sparkling floors and I drive an Audi RS5 sport bag and I wear designer clothes that fit my trim body realize how empty and shallow and meaningless all of that is. And more than anything, I miss my best friend. And I miss my munchkins. And I miss my filthy house filled with stained furniture and my 2004 Honda Odyssey with a cracked windshield and my closet filled with pregnancy clothes that still fit. And I wake up right back where I'm supposed to be. At home, in my crazy, stressful life, with my husband and my kids. Hmm. Yes, it's true. I'm a fully grown, responsible, competent, educated woman. And sometimes, I want to live in a snow globe. I want to live in a land where icing conveniently smears on my cheek so that a special someone can wipe it away. And mistletoe is conveniently placed right where I want it to be. And my balance conveniently fails when I'm on a ladder near the most attractive stranger in town. A land where everything is beautiful and everyone is beautiful. And anything bad that happens happened a, a long time ago. And I, I don't ugly cry about it anymore with snot dripping off my nose while, while doubled over in a fetal position in my closet. It's guttural screams of, why? Dear God, why? Gush out of me making my two-year-old run into the other room yelling, Mommy crying again as I sob. And the house quakes. A land where there is a, a slight bit of tension and, and frustration, but everything is resolved in 115 minutes, and everyone falls in love and, and kisses with perfect lighting and synthesizer music playing in the background as the credits roll, giving the distinct impression that they live happily ever after. I want to live there. But I don't live there. No one does. Not even the people who make Hallmark films. No. We live in a place where accidents wreck families and babies have genetic disorders and women are abused and spouses cheat and children die. <laughs> I hate to bring up all that stuff after painting such a lovely picture of life in a Christmas village, but that stuff keeps me up at night. So I bet it keeps you up at night, too. I weep over the loss and the disappointment and the despair and the heartache and 
the tragedy of it all. I weep over what should be and isn't. I weep over betrayal and, and abuse and disorders, disease and death. Compared to all that, a Hallmark film looks pretty good. So sometimes I gobble up a, a movie or two with a LaCroix and a big bag of Lay's, and afterwards I sit there, bloated, distracted, and a bit dazed, but ultimately unsatisfied. Because I don't really want to live in a Hallmark film. I don't want to live in a land where, where love is so easy and, and life is so shallow. A land where there, there aren't struggles and, and triumphs and problems and purpose and even a little pain. I don't want to live in a land where there aren't real obstacles and real triumphs and real pressures and real people. I, I don't want to live in a land where there isn't a God and there isn't a Savior and there isn't redemption and there isn't a promise of something much better to come. One day, I'll live in a land that really is perfect. The kind of perfect that makes a Hallmark film look like a, like a cheap carnival ride. Silly and short-lived. Shallow and unsatisfying. That is where I really want to live. I want to live in a land where a man dressed in white runs toward me with unwavering focus, his eyes staring straight into mine, and, and after what feels like a lifetime, he embraces me beside some pearly gates on some streets made of gold, and he tells me that he, he could hardly wait for me to get there, and that I'd lived my life well, that I pressed through the pain, that I had faith in the storms, that I mastered the challenges, that I overcame the obstacles, that I perfected the gifts that I worked oh, so hard, that I let him heal everything that hurt me, and, and I helped heal the hurt in those around me, that I made a difference in a lot of lives, that I led a lot of people to those pearly gates, that I consumed so much of his word that I became one with it, and, and it made me look like him. That I made him proud. That I did what he created me to do. That I was a good and faithful child. <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't really want to live in a Hallmark film. I want to live in heaven. I want to live with Jesus. Until then, I want to live right where I am. And I want to do all that I can to help a lot of people live with Jesus in that land someday. Don't you want to live there too? If you stumbled across this episode of CPCW because you love Hallmark films, but you don't know Jesus and you think you might like to, please send me an email at katherine at katherinesegers.com because I'd really love to talk to you about that. I want to thank you for joining me today. Look, I know there are a lot of things you could be listening to right now, and I really appreciate that you took this time to spend with me. 
I hope you will join me for my next podcast when we take aim at some aspect of our culture that threatens to derail our parenting and steal our kids' faith. If you enjoyed this episode of Christian Parent Crazy World, would you consider telling a friend and and sharing it on social media and giving it a good review and following me on Facebook and and Instagram? Oh, oh, I know. Maybe for your next family photo, your, your Christmas photo, you could all wear Christian Parent Crazy World sweatshirts or, or PJs or, or macrame sweaters. Hey, if you can knit a CPCW sweater, you go for it. That would be so cool. Oh, man, I want one. Hmm. Anyway, uh, and be sure to check out my website, which is katherinesegers.com. That's Catherine with a C. I have lots of articles and resources there that will help you on your parenting journey. I want to end this and every episode with a word of encouragement. God gave you your kids, your specific kids for a reason. That's because you hold the key to unlocking who God created them to be. We'll see you next time. Christian Parent Crazy World is a production of Life Audio and the Salem Web Network. To hear more from Catherine Seegers, visit her site, katherineseegers.com. If you enjoyed this episode, would you take a minute and leave us a rating and review in your podcast app? It really does help us connect to more listeners like you. A special thanks to Kelly Gibbons, Stephen Sanders, and Stephen McGarvey for their production and editing on this episode. You can find more podcasts like this over at lifeaudio.com. Do you ever hear sayings make their way through the culture and the church that seem nice in theory, but are actually theologically problematic? My name is Shara Donahue, and I'm the host of The Bible Never Said That, a podcast where we examine these popular sayings under the lens of biblical truth. We cover sayings like, God won't give you more than you can handle, time heals all wounds, and follow your heart. We also spend time exploring how people use Bible verses out of context. If you want to grow in discernment and truth, join us and subscribe at lifeaudio.com.